Welcome to episode number 105 of the Dust Safety Science Podcast. This is a podcast where we're building a global community around process safety and industries handling combustible dust. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Coloni. In today's episode, we have on Corey Gardner, Manager of Asset Protection at Toco Industries based out of Vernon, British Columbia. We're talking about a safety share on a failed testing of a high-speed abort gate. Corey, thank you for coming on the Dust Safety Science Podcast today. Thanks for having me on, Chris. I'm really excited to have Corey on. Toco, the company he works for, is a leading global manufacturer of forest products, including lumber, plywood, veneer, uh, strand board, biomass power, and especially wood products. It's a family-owned company headquartered in Vernon, BC for over 60 years now. I'm really excited to have Corey on because of the safety share they submitted through the Woodpell Association of Canada. Um, it got posted up through the BC Forest Safety Council. Uh, that's kind of when it came across my desk. And one, I was really impressed by the company themselves for being willing to share this, uh, I guess we're calling it a good catch or a near miss. There's an interesting aspect here where they were testing their abort gates and they found that they actually didn't operate or didn't work correctly under operational conditions. And I really wanted to get Corey on the podcast because I know that there will be, you know, 50 or 75 people listening to this that work in wood handling industries that have abort gates. And I really want to get this message out that you need to be testing these systems. So in this episode, we're going to talk about what kind of processing is done at the facility that uh, the safe share came from, talk about how the abort gates are used. We're going to walk through these two good catches that uh, Corey submitted in the safety share. And we're going to talk about some improvements that he made and recommendations for similar facilities. So, Corey, I think a good place to jump in is, can you just give me some background and give the listeners some background on Toco and, and why you guys submitted this, uh, this good catcher, this near miss? Yeah, for sure, Chris. Well, obviously, uh, the dust is a, is a byproduct of, of our production process. So it's something that we, we always keep an eye on. We've got a number of collection devices that we use to, to capture this. Safety is a core value at our company, and this was an important safety share that I just wanted to get out to the community for other industries to learn from. Yeah, I appreciate you. One, like I said in the intro, I appreciate you sharing this through in British Columbia, then also agreeing to come on the podcast to talk through it. I guess in the the abort gates that you were you had these near misses with, what kind of processing operations were being done at those facilities? Uh, in this particular uh, case, it was actually at our, some of our board plants where we've got a number of dust collection devices and vessels, uh, be it cyclones or, or bag houses. So dust is obviously a byproduct of our production uh, process. And so we've got these um, we've got these vessels highly protected with spark detection uh, equipment, back blast dampers, and uh, and high speed abort gates in most cases. And so the abort gates themselves are they? How are they integrated into the system? I'm thinking if someone's listening to this and they're not, um, you know, they haven't listened to the 104 previous podcast episodes, uh, can you just give an idea of where they might be in the system and how they're used? Absolutely. So typically the system would be configured where you've got a a spark detection and and suppression system upstream um, of your bag house or your dust collector, whatever it it may be. So typically the first zone will be a detect and suppress where you actually use a water-based suppression system to extinguish any sparks. If for some reason it bypasses that, the second zone will typically be a detect and abort. So it detects sparks or burning material in the ductwork. And it automatically operates a high-speed abort gate that will eject uh, this material from the process prior to it hitting the bag house or the cyclone. Okay, and I'll just I'll just summarize that. So upstream, you have detect and suppress with spark detection equipment, and then further down, um, you have the detect and abort, which is where the abort gate comes in. 
Correct. And that's just to avoid that burning material from getting into that that perfect storm of dust and suspension inside of a bag house with your enclosure and everything else if you've gone. Yeah. And I, I so I drew the diagram here. I can visualize it. I hope the the listener can also visualize it in in their own heads. I guess there were there were two different instances that you you mentioned in the safety share. Can you just walk through those two and, and share, you know, what that looked like for the listener? Yeah, certainly. What I've found is that uh, historically, these systems have always been tested during maintenance days. So your equipment's all down, uh, you know, obviously for employee safety. People are getting inside looking at things. And uh, and normally these systems are tested just to confirm that they operate. Now, what we found, this was actually during uh, just a routine test and actually during a commissioning. Uh, just on this particular day, they were being tested with the fans in operation and the gate wouldn't actually close there wasn't enough pressure to actually drop the lip of the of the gate into the airstream to allow it to slam shut. So these happened a couple of weeks from each other, and, and one of them was a brand new uh, board gate that was being uh, tested for commissioning purposes. And so it just seemed like it was a fairly, um, I wouldn't say a common problem, but it was one of those problems you wouldn't necessarily know unless you were testing with the fan in operation to determine if it was actually going to function or not. Yeah, and I think that's a really, I mean, a couple of things. You were testing these before. Um, so that's, that's good to have a testing routine in place, but then you really need to look at and ask yourself, are you testing it under the, you know, the normal operating conditions? And I'm just taking a look at the safety share here. You kind of mentioned that historically it had been tested, um, with the fans off, but in this case, um, they weren't. And, and there were the two instances, I guess there was the new commissioning and then one that had been in, in use. Was there any indication on why it wouldn't? shut i guess the 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 lip of the abort gate wasn't getting into the airstream but was it just when you guys looked at it from a technology standpoint was there any idea what was kind of stopping that from happening that that should be happening yeah for sure it was actually it was the uh it was the force of the fan um that wouldn't allow it to drop so when it was being tested just with everything down the, the gate would function normally but when it was tested with that fan in operation, just the velocity was was um, of the nature that wouldn't allow that lip to actually catch. And so, you know, adjustments were made. Everything was checked to make sure it was in operation and, and it was retested a couple of times more. And it still wouldn't actually physically function the way it should. And that's when we had to start looking at other engineering solutions like uh, getting some preloader helper springs. You'll, you'll normally have an adjustment so you can adjust the spring uh, tension. Uh, in this case, these things were maxed out and it still didn't have enough force to to uh, overcome the force of the fan when it was in operation. So that's when we had to take it to the next level and actually get these these uh, preloaded helper springs in to actually allow these things to uh, fully operate. Okay, so you did. there are some adjustments you can do on the system, but you really maxed those out and still weren't getting it to close. Um, so then you added in... I guess, additional springs that kind of give it that push to, to start the shutting once, I guess I'm trying to think of how, how the abort gate unlatches. It depends on the abort gate itself, but it's connected to a spark detector and then it must have a latch or something that disconnects when uh, it senses a spark upstream. And Yeah, typically it's a magnet actually. And yeah, and so then that's once the, the spark detection will activate the magnet, allow that to release. And then from that point on, it's just really the tension of the springs that'll drop the lip into the airflow uh, and allow that to slam shut. And, uh, you know, understanding this all has to happen incredibly fast, you know, to avert this uh, potential explosion. You mentioned the springs, I guess. Were there any other improvements that you you and the group there made um, based on on these reports? 
Uh, well, obviously we had a vendor come in right off the bat and, and, you know, the, the vendor was actually involved originally with this testing. And that was when this, uh, this over, I wouldn't say an oversight. This is when this was actually discovered that this device wasn't functioning properly. So that's when they looked at everything to make sure that the function of the actual gate was fine, that there was no material buildup, that the magnet was releasing properly, uh, went through all the basic mechanics of the gate, still discovered that, uh, despite everything being within spec, that we still weren't getting that uh, that that lift to drop into the fan, or sorry, into the airstream to actually shut, and and so that was when we added these helper springs. That's an important point because when I when I've heard about issues with these source systems before, material buildup, you know, is is generally thought of as the culprit. But you saw this with one that was in use and one that was brand new. So and once you looked into it, it wasn't the material buildup that was the the problem. Is that right? Correct. It's the, it was the high negative static pressure, basically, within uh, the ductwork when the fan was in operation. Okay. So we talked about some of the technological aspects. How has this changed the, the way that you do your kind of maintenance programs and your inspection programs? Have you made any changes there? Yeah, good question, Chris. Right as soon as this event was discovered, uh, or the two of them that kind of happened back to back, I sent out a hazard alert across the company. And the alert actually came with instructions uh, to get all the team members to do this testing of their board gates at their facilities under real life conditions with a fan in operation to confirm that we didn't have this as a, as a more widespread problem. So that was done within basically two or three weeks of this hazard alert being issued. After that, I did develop a corporate standard for the critical controls and dust collection systems, just outlining the required inspection, testing and maintenance procedures uh, so that we're following in FPA and OEM requirements. And then I'm actually just in the process. I've got a third-party vendor that's developing a companion training video on all these specifics uh, just to make sure that uh, all of our maintenance personnel are fully testing and inspecting these uh, components as per the OEM and NFPA requirements. Really nice. Yeah, I mean, that's a that's a great holistic approach to, you know, send the hazard alert out, do the testing across multiple sites, then also to have the foresight to say, hey, we need to, we need to make sure we're testing these systems I'm in the correct way as per, you know, NFPA or whatever guidelines you're following, creating those training videos so that it's the next person you train is probably going to remember this, but the person after that and the person after that probably aren't going to remember this, uh, you know, case where you had the abort gates wouldn't close. So having that sort of training video as a reminder is, is really helpful. I think to, to, you know, when, when you're, when you're gone, which hopefully is, uh, you know, a far time from now, we still want to, we still want people to remember that they need to check the abort gates. Exactly. That's why I took this deep dive in all these critical components, um, just to really get a good, consistent corporate standard on it. Uh, and then the training video is going to form, um, you know, part of this this component for any maintenance personnel that are actually performing work on the systems. Perfect. I guess the place to sort of close out in the safety share then is just: Are there any any recommendations? I want to break it into two parts. So, any recommendations for other facilities that are using this type of equipment? Um, and then more broadly, we'll, I'll ask a second question on just any recommendations from your overall experience in, in industries handling combustible dust. But maybe we'll start the the first. If I'm a I'm in a board uh, strand board plant, or if I'm in sort of a lumber these sort of operations, and I am running a board gates, what should I kind of take away and learn from your experience? Well, my suggestion would be to go right back to what the OEM is asking for testing and maintenance procedures on their actual equipment. Uh, often, you know, things over time, if you've got legacy equipment, things do change as far as the testing. And so that, you know, new people come on site and they just inherit a, an existing program. So 
I think it'd be very beneficial for for people that do have this equipment, be it spark detection, abort gates, you know, whatever it happens to be on the dust collection system, that they they go right back to the owner's manual and see what the required you know prescribed frequency for testing is and what exactly needs to be tested and adjusted. Just from you know your experience in in working industry handling combustible dust, do you have any other recommendations for for folks out there in these industries? Well, one that comes to mind, like these are these are life safety devices first and foremost. And often they're not just a single standalone device. There's a bunch of interconnectivity between the systems. And so I feel it's important for operators to actually understand how they'll all interact and respond during a shutdown. You know, a good example is uh, is this any interlocks to shut fans down or to leave them running. You know, that should really be thoroughly assessed to determine what the hazard is and, and which way to go, because there's there's two different routes you can go to leave it either running or, or shut it off. Same as something like a rotary airlock. Uh, you'd want to ensure that that, if you're having any sort of emergency shutdown, that that rotary airlock stops as well. And and you know sometimes in industry they get viewed more as a material handling device versus an actual explosion choke. So to me that's an important one to look at as well. It's just how everything's actually interconnected and and to do tests to see how they'll respond when you hit kind of an e stopper or have something go on. Yeah, I can't think of a better way. It's another way to test your system, right? And it's going to happen eventually. There's going to be a time when the power goes out and you lose power and the question is what's going to happen. And we've had guests on the podcast before, you know, even talking about case studies at their facilities where, you know, maybe have a grinder or a mill and, and the power shut off and all the material in a sloped pipe, slope ducting feeds right back into that mill and you know, it started smoldering and, and led to an explosion event. So these sort of things, thinking about your normal operating conditions, thinking about your abnormal operating conditions, and different ways you can test the system and understand how the system works under these are, is tremendously important. And I want to applaud you for, for doing that, but two, applaud you even more for coming on the, the podcast today and sharing it. Yeah. Thanks, Chris. I appreciate uh, you inviting me on to it. Well, I'd say keep up the good work out there in uh, British Columbia. Again, I really appreciate Tolko for letting you come on um, and the great work that they're doing out there in BC. And if you're listening to this podcast episode and you have a safety share that you'd like to share, um, reach out to me, Chris at DustSafetyScience.com. And we'll also have a way to connect uh, with Corey there as well. Uh, and that will be at DustSafetyScience.com slash 105. Corey, thanks again. And I look forward to get a chance to talk soon. Thanks again, Chris. So you've been listening to myself, Dr. Chris Cloney and Corey Gardner, Manager of Asset Protection at Tolco Industries, based out of Vernon, British Columbia. In this episode, we talked about a safety share that Corey submitted based on failed testing of high-speed abort gates. As I mentioned at the outset, this is critical, critical sharing information for our industries, for our community, to be able to share these type of, you know, really good catches and, and near-miss events like this so that we get a better understanding, grow and learn as a community on how this can actually happen. I'm sure if, uh, you know, we did it the other way and this didn't happen and I I was rattling on that we, you know, you need to test your um, abort gates with the fans on, there might be some people, in, even if only in their head, rolling their eyes saying, oh, that's not important. I mean, it is important. <laughs> in this case, it demonstrated that if you would have had a spark or a fire or smaller combustion in that system, it wouldn't have been stopped by a support gate and could have got into dust collector and caused a, a larger explosion. Um, so it is important to do this sort of maintenance, important to think about how to test these systems. And I think this uh, safety share really demonstrates that. In the episode specifically, we talked about the type of facilities that uh, that Corey's working with, how the abort gates are used. He walked us through these two two safety shares and talked about the improvements they made and recommendations that they made to their systems 
and any broader recommendations to the, the broader community as well. So I mentioned towards the end there, if you have a safety share with your company, um, it'd be fantastic to have you on the podcast. We can do this anonymously or we can uh, you know, name the, the company that we're working with. We're just happy to get the information out there to the broader community. As always, you can grab the transcripts of this podcast episode at dustsafetyscience.com slash 105 um, if you want to go back and review anything that we talked about in this episode. And I just want to say I appreciate you listening. As always, have a, a safe and productive week ahead. Thank you for any, everything you do in industries handling combustible dust around the world every day. Thank you.